everyone. You're listening to episode 27 of Tap to Craft, which is an educational podcast hosted by two craft beer enthusiasts, where we talk about craft beer in terms the average beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce, and by my side is my co-host and drinking buddy, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? So my wife uh, is out of town this weekend, visiting some family with the littlest boy. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been having guys weekend with the oh, oldest son. Nice. Uh, it's been really nice. Uh, buddy Wes, a uh, fan of the show, has been uh, hanging around, drinking some beers. Uh, today we uh, smoked up some bacon that I've been curing in the fridge. Oh, wow. Awesome. Wow. Uh, we did some pork shoulder, uh, some beer, whiskey. It's been a great weekend, so I'm ready to finish it off by uh, talking beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you had a little... A little whiskey time. Was there anything? I mean, I know this is a craft beer show, but we don't get to talk whiskey very much. Is this, Did you guys have some like fancy whiskey, or is it just some average stuff? So we had a uh, a Pendleton Rye and the nineteen ten uh, version, mm-hmm. uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, and we also were were drinking uh, some local. Um, they call it bourbon. Uh, I don't think technically that it can be called bourbon outside of Bourbon County, oh. but. Uh, uh, from Woodenville Whiskey, uh, their their bourbon, um, which is also really really good. Okay, um, at least uh, for my palate, I'm not not as uh, experienced there as I am for beer. So. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I'm I'm definitely not a a whiskey connoisseur or a bourbon connoisseur or even a Scotch connoisseur. I'm just a beer enthusiast. That's it. So. Overall, it was a good experience. I, I, I mean, it's too bad that we don't have Robert on this week because he, you know, he seems to be a pretty experienced whiskey drinker. So I bet he could, you guys could talk whiskey for a while. Oh, well, at least he could tell me about whiskey for a while. That's true. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll have to start the whiskey podcast with Robert. That that'll work. There we go. Oh, good. So you, so overall, how how long is is the wife and youngest one going to be away? Just for the weekend? Uh, like three days total or four days total. So okay. Okay. So comes back tomorrow and then, uh, we'll see how much damage I did. Okay. <laughs> well, Hey, you know what? You're able to record with me tonight. So obviously you didn't do too much damage. So that's good. No trips to the hospital or anything, right? Not yet. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, this is actually a special episode. Uh, nobody really knows it except for me. But this is actually the first episode of our season two. We've completed a whole year, 26 bi-weekly episodes, never missed a, uh, a ship date. And this is the first episode of season two. And it feels good to make it through a whole year. And I, I know I am looking forward to a second year of, of our fantastic craft beer educational podcast. So uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so they would let us do it this long. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm surprised. If we didn't have such great listeners that kept us going, uh, you know what? Maybe it would have died. But uh, but no, the, we're here for the listeners, and uh, and I know that that John and I we both enjoy really hearing the feedback from our listeners. It really makes us feel feel good. So and it makes us keep wanting to do this. All right. Well, John, you know what? Uh, since we are a craft beer podcast, it wouldn't be right if we weren't drinking some craft beer. So please tell me that you've gone back from whiskey back to craft beer for our show. I've got a nice glass of water. Oh, and damn. a beer. Okay, so, okay. I guess. 
Uh, I have to make sure I get my Fremont plug in here. Oh, yeah. So I'm drinking a Fremont Summer Ale, um, which is a really nice, refreshing pale ale. And it's actually, uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, a bunch of single hop beers when mm-hmm. we did our, our hop talk. Yeah. This one uh, is actually all uh, Amarillo hops and a single malt as well. It's all just pale malt and Amarillo. Mm. So if you want to experience Amarillo, um, you know, this is a great one to pick up and, and try. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do you think of Amarillo hops? I know that that hop style can kind of be off-putting to some people. Do you enjoy that one? I'm a big fan of Amarillo. Okay. Um, I, I like the tropical pineapple kind of thing that it, that it can give. Um okay. So I've been a fan ever since I could get my hands on it. Um, okay. As a home brewer, so. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I enjoy it too. I just know that I've heard some other people you know, say that they're not a big fan of it, and I just was curious if, uh, you know, if, if, if we're the oddballs or if it's actually a, a – it's not – you don't really see it used a lot. I, I mean, I don't see a lot of Amarillo. So when I do have a beer that has it in there, I kind of look to, you know, to, to give it a shot. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be the feature hop that much anymore. Um, you know, Simcoe, Citra, the Mosaic are kind of the leading players right now, at least in the IPA yeah. realm and, and stuff. So uh, usually it's playing a, a backup role, kind of rounding out, giving a little depth to the to that citrus kind of character with a little more tropical pineapple kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, I, uh, I think that uh, this is a beer that you uh, provided me at one point, right? The, the summer ale, I think last year. Probably, yeah, and I think I, I have, to have it around. So, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you did, and I think I really enjoy it too. It's nice, it's, a good summer ale is, is good for these hot days. In fact, it's been it, it got back hot again here in my area in, in Boise. Uh, right now, it's nine thirty at night. It's ninety four degrees still at nine thirty. I mean, it was a hundred in my house. It was one hundred and five today, um, and it's just it just you know ten degrees cooler than it was uh, just a few hours ago. So it's 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 nice to have something refreshing and crisp like a summer ale. So yeah, good for you. I, I'm also drinking something, John. And you and our listeners may be shocked that I have really... I found a beer in a beer style that I don't really like very much. I found one that I just absolutely love. It's from a local brewery, Sockeye Brewing, here in Boise, Idaho. And it's their... Uh, Sockeye Lucky Peak Pilsner. It's a Pilsner that is very, very refreshing and has some great malt flavor. And uh, it has a nice hop, not hoppy finish, but it has a nice, uh, you know, finish that's not, uh, you know, aggressive in that Pilsnery type way. A lot of Pilsners have a, a finish I don't really appreciate. It's a little sharp. This one's really kind of mellowed out and smooth. And I've gone through two six packs in a week. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, <laughs> and I thought you, that that you would appreciate me drinking this tonight, John. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, I've I think I saw you post this a few days ago, and I was, I was shocked by, by the rating you gave it. And uh, yeah, it was great to hear because I mean, especially in the summer, Pilsner can be a great great beer to have to mm-hmm. uh, be refreshed and kick back. So. I'm glad you found something. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't wait and, to... And local, so you always have a supply. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm hoping... This, this is a seasonal one, though, and I'm hoping they actually bring it into, like, a, a full-time beer. I'd, I'd love to have this more. Although, in the wintertime, I probably won't drink as much Pilsner because I like to have the darker stuff, but 
at least in spring, summer, and, and beginning of fall, I, yeah, I could drink this thing all the time. It's it's really good, and uh, I'm hoping I can I, I can save some to bring to you when we come visit in, in a month or so, so you can you can try it and see if you like it too. Uh, if you must, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but hey, you know what? Talking about beer, what? Uh, we last episode we had Robert on, and we were running a little bit long, so we didn't talk about our new and noteworthy beers. So, John, have you had any new and noteworthy beers in the last at least two weeks, if not four weeks, that you want to talk to the listeners about and and talk to me about? Sure. So, speaking of your pilsner, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about three IPAs for a minute. <laughs> um, so, I'll start off with the the Lagunitas Equinox, uh, which I finally uh, picked up. Um, it's been a little too long that I've had that kind of on my to-do list to you, grab. Wait a minute. Wait a um, minute. You haven't tried it until just now? Correct. Oh, my gosh. I thought you had that a long time ago. No, no. So I, I really enjoyed this beer. Mm-hmm. but And uh, this is not taking away from the beer itself, but it was, I just found it kind of odd. The last two Lagunitas beers I picked up within the last two or three weeks have both had a lot of sediment mm-hmm. in the bottles, which I'm not used to from Lagunitas. They, yeah. I know they use a centrifuge and, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, they have clear beers. It, it really threw me off. The first beer that mm-hmm. um, that it was was the Lagunitas uh, Citrus Anisis yes. beer, if I said that right. Yeah, I don't know. awesome, awesome. Um, uh, the, the pale ale with uh, uh, blood orange. Yeah, blood orange. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that one, I just wasn't even paying attention because I didn't even think about it. And I just dumped a whole load of crud into my glass. Yeah, but, um, but, but John, it's okay because the crud you poured in was just orange pulp. Well, I, I don't think so. I think it was some orange, orange pulp and some yeast because, you know, there's no orange pulp in the Equinox. And I, I had a, a nice big load of, uh, sediment from that one too. That, um, but, but that, that one I, I managed to catch before I, <laughs> I tossed all of it in. Okay. Um, okay. But it, it was just it was just odd, and um, I don't I don't know if that's a common experience for people right now. Uh, maybe they're uh, experiencing some some growing pains with operating these two different breweries and and such. But uh, I don't know. Just kind of interesting. Uh, just note um, if anybody has had any. Uh, experience with Lagunitas recently. I'm, I'm curious to hear if you're similar or if I just had some bad luck in picking up these couple bottles. Okay. okay. Um, so, okay. So uh, bad luck. No, uh, because the citronese, I can't, I won't even try, try to say it. You know, I'm already tongue tied, but that blood orange <laughs> beer, um, I've had, I had three six packs of it. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm uh, I've over, I'm over my, uh, my my enjoyment of it because after three six packs it kind of gets old, but every <laughs> single beer I poured I poured the whole bottle in because um, there was no bad taste from that uh, stuff that was floating in there and I when I was looking at it and everything it it was it, it was just pulp and it had no uh, bitter flavoring or anything that was negative uh, as far as I could tell so I just assumed. Uh, that's the way they wanted it. They wanted to have it, cl- you know, like a, a, a not a clear beer like they normally have. And then the Equinox, I don't remember. Uh, I've had th- that beer at least three times, and I, I don't remember if I had anything cloudy in mine. But it is a, isn't it? Oh no, it's an oat. It's an oat pale. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know if maybe some of the oats, maybe they had some extra stuff in there from the oats. But you're right. I just kind of odd that one would have gunk in the bottom. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I can handle it. It's not, you know, all that stuff is going to be in the bottom. It's not going to hurt you or, you know, really mm-hmm. anything like that. It might alter very slightly the, the way the beer presents, but yeah. um, I was just a uh, curiosity. So, okay. Okay. Um, so the next one I'll tell you about is uh, Hop Valley Citrus Mitch- yes. Mistress yes. IPA. Uh, I think they, this one is brewed with uh, grapefruit mm-hmm. um, peel. Uh, really enjoyed this beer. Uh, great uh, grapefruit character, obviously, and which I, I really like in IPAs. I, I like the big grapefruit citrus mm-hmm. thing. So um, this one really hit the spot. Uh, so I I don't know how uh, widely Hop Valley distributes but definitely uh grab that one if you if you can yeah i I agree john i've had that um hop valley is a brewery out of eugene oregon i believe that's right right they're out of eugene i think ah, i believe they're out of eugene oregon and yeah they um they've been recently uh like in the last month they've been uh, bringing their beers maybe last two months they've been bringing their beers into boise area i'll tell you what there hasn't been a beer uh, wait a minute. There might have been one beer. I think there was no, no. You know what? That one. I don't think there was a beer that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, they they make some fantastic beers, and that citrus mistress, mistress, blah, 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 citrus mistress, <laughs> uh, was no was was awesome. I really enjoyed that myself. So wow, that's that's great that you got to experience it too, and we had a a similar uh, positive um, enjoyment out of that beer. Yeah, and I've enjoyed a lot of their beers as well. Um, I've discovered them actually in my latest um, advent calendar, beer advent calendar for this year. (laughs) It was when I first had them. So um, Kristen had tossed in one or two of theirs. So, yeah, so pretty solid brewery so far. So Mm -hmm. next time I'm down Oregon Way, if that's where they are, I'll see if I can get close enough to justify a, a stop. Yeah, they're in. If, yeah, they're in Eugene. So that's you got to go down south, quite a ways. If you, unless yeah. you, if you're heading down to California, you can stop by. Yeah, I had to Crater Lake. Swing by Eugene. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Go to Crater. <laughs> yeah, go to Crater Lake, and then on the way back from Crater Lake, stop at my place, and then just do a big circle back around. It's on the way. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Uh, so uh, my next beer I know you've had mm-hmm. um, is the the Fort George Three Way IPA, mm-hmm. uh, which this year's rendition was fantastic. Yes, um, I I think I missed last year's, but I had the year prior mm-hmm. um, to that. But uh, this has been a really solid it's a collaboration, and I don't have the can in front of me anymore uh, for who they collaborated with this time. Um, but, uh, yeah, really solid beer, uh, something to look forward to each year because uh, they, they do a really good job with it. Um, and uh, you, you really enjoyed this one as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I was shocked that um, I didn't realize when I had it last year that it was uh, – that it changed every year. So when I had it this year, it just happens we were in – we went to get a beer at Brewer's Haven and, they, and the, um, the guys that were distributing, they said, hey, we're going to have an impromptu beer tasting. And I said, okay, great. I love Fort George. One of my favorite breweries. I love everything they do. There's only been one beer 
that I haven't liked, and that was the uh, the 1911 uh, lager or whatever, the adjunct mm. lager. That's the one the one beer I that I haven't liked from there. Everything else I've really enjoyed. Of course, that's one of the beers they were tasting. I said, no, 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 I'll pass on that one. I already know I don't like that that lager. <laughs> but they said, we have a three-way. I said, oh, I've had a three-way. They said, oh, have you had this year's three-way? I said, no, what do you mean? And that's when they explained to me that they do a different collaboration with different breweries for each year. And I thought, wow, awesome. I'll get another, you know, another unique beer check-in from a beer that I thought I already had. So it was a bonus. <laughs> so it was good. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like Fort George. And a three-way um, IPA is good. It's, it's nice to see the, a, a collaboration like that to, between three breweries. I mean, a lot of times you'll see two breweries. I know Stone does a lot between three breweries too. But uh, I'm, I'm amazed that you can get three different brewers – to come up with the recipe or, you know, come up with an idea and, and pull it off. Uh, I think that's a great idea. What's your, what's your other one? You have another, uh, special noteworthy beer. Yeah. Yeah. I have one last one, which I had this weekend. Uh, and it's the stone sprocket beer. Yes. Which is described as a black (laughs) rye Kolsch. Yes. Which (laughs) those things don't add up, (laughs) um, at all. Um, in, in terms of like an actual style or anything like that, you know, I don't know if they used Kolsch yeast or something and that's why they described it as a Kolsch, um, you know, throwing that in there. I mean, Kolsch is really specific, uh, you know, kind of tweener beer between ale and, ale and lager, um, you know, but put together is a really solid beer and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it, it's just kind of a um, an example of you know you don't you don't necessarily you don't need to marry yourself to these the styles that that are out there. There's definitely room to play, um, you know, in, in in between the lines. So uh, it, it was a really really pleasant, but uh, yeah, really curious on on how it all came together. I guess. Yeah, I agree. I've had a couple bottles of that um i'm just now looking on my untapped uh that's a five cap rating for me that beer oh wow that's how much i enjoyed that one so how, how did you rate it john did you rate it pretty high uh yeah right around a four i think okay um, um, i don't have it in front of me yeah i i liked you like you john i really enjoy rye beers and so anytime I can get a, a, something with rye that sounds interesting, I'll try it because I love that, that flavor that in the beer. And uh, this one was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the rye comes through uh, really well in this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I, it's kind of interesting the way that, that kind of plays with the, some of that. You do, you do get some roast um, in there as well a, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and that, that kind of plays together. Um, but yeah, it, it's really solid. So if you can still find it, I, I think it was kind of a, another one of their one-off collaboration yeah. type things. So, uh, I grabbed the last bottle at the bottle shop oh. um, that I stopped at. So if you can still find it, definitely, uh, check it out. It's, it's really interesting and kind of a thought experiment kind of thing as you kind of try to pick it apart to get every thing they're talking about. So. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Excellent. But uh, how about you, Danny? What what have you uh, had over the last couple of weeks? Well, John, I have been going international, 
And yeah, uh, yeah I have been going <laughs> crazy with the international beers. I, I've really been wanting to kind of focus on the Trappist beer thing. You know, we we've talked about the 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 Belgian, you know, two two different uh, portions of Belgian beers, and I I love Belgian beers, and I drink a lot of American Belgian beers, but I don't necessarily drink as many Belgian beers from Belgium. I mean, I have a few, but you know, I wanted to go ahead and and see if I can if there's really a a difference in drinking a Trappist or an Abbey style ale uh, compared to what we, you know, a non-Trappist beer. So I went out on a, uh, on kind of a quest to go and pick up a a few. And I remember I mentioned in our uh, first part of our Belgian series that I wasn't a huge fan of of the double. Um, I, you know, I've had a few and I just went, you know, like, yeah, it's okay, but it's not, it's not that good. So what I did is I went and got, you know, several doubles because I wanted to see if, it was just a one-off thing that I didn't like, or if I truly don't like that style. And I found that with the right brewery and the right beer, I absolutely adore the double. And uh, I'll talk about my first one that I really enjoyed, and that was the uh, Trappist uh, Rochefort Six. And I think John, I think you you first you told me about that beer a long time ago as being a pretty good beer. Is that one that you enjoy? Uh, I actually don't think I've had uh, much Rochefort. I think I might have had it as a tasting as part of a, my beer judge uh, training kind of okay, stuff. Okay, um, okay. Taking a class, but I have never. I haven't. I don't think I've had the pleasure of just sitting with a with a bottle. Um, oh man, Rochefort. But um, yeah, it's probably something I need to correct. Okay, um, uh, I recommend finding the six. Uh, I can't. All I can say is I was so blown away at how good that beer was. Uh, it was. I don't know. It was. I. I don't know. I don't know if it was the the, the laying of hands by the monks uh, that that gave it the <laughs> special power, but it was incredible. I truly, uh, really enjoyed that beer, and I will be buying more of that beer, even at the five dollar and sixty nine cent price tag for eleven ounces. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit expensive, but you know, I don't feel that I, uh, you know, that I wasted any money. It was it was absolutely fantastic. So that was the one I wanted to lead off with. There's a second double that I tried. That was, it was it was in a bargain bin at, the, at our co-op. So um, our co-op, and again, uh, there were some questions on Twitter about, hey, I mentioned the co-op last episode, and and. And people were kind of confused. What do you mean by co-op? So co-op is cooperative market. Basically, it's a local market here in the Boise area that tries to provide you with the fresh vegetables, meats, organic stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know they try to do local stuff if, as much as they can, and it's it's like a membership club. So you pay in to be able to shop there, and uh, you you get to you know have access to what what they you know bring in a lot of natural and organic foods. Well, they also have a very good beer um, seller, beer market. The the guy that runs it, Matt, is fantastic. He works with, he loves beer and he works with people to, to give them what they want. If, if he has something in his cellar that he's saving for, you know, cellaring for six months, he'll go down there and grab bottles out and sell it to you um, because, you know, if you ask for it and he has it, he'll, he'll sell it. Uh, just a great opportunity. Not only... Do they have a pretty good selection? But they also uh, are the cheapest in town, 
And it wasn't always that case. Uh, craft beer wasn't always cheaper to co-op. It was actually, before Matt took over, it was actually the most expensive place to buy craft beer in town. And now it's the cheapest. So I go there every couple weeks and I stock up on, on all the specialty beers I can buy. So that's what the co-op is. Well, they were trying to make room on their shelves, their cooler, and they had they had just pulled out two bottles of this uh, Belgian, or Austrian, it's from Austria, uh, Belgian double. And it, and it, it said, oh, it's got sp- uh, special pricing on it. It didn't have the price on it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll give it a shot. It's, it's, it's international. I'll try it. Um, it ended up being 99 cents for this beer. Oh and my it's a, gosh. yeah, <laughs> and I wish I would have picked up both bottles. If I would have known how good the beer was, I would have picked up both bottles. This beer was another double that was absolutely fantastic, and for ninety nine cents, it was a steal compared to the six almost six dollars of the the other you know one from Belgium, Trappist beer from Belgium. And this is also a Trappist beer. It's from uh, what is it called? The beer is called Benno. B-E-N-N-O, and it's a Belgian double, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what brewery it's from. Ingles, Ingles, Silchi or something, but, uh, man, fantastic. 99 cents, uh, you can't go wrong. Uh, I really enjoyed that double also. So, hey, it's all, you know, two thumbs up for the bargain bin. Uh, it worked out well. And then um, there's one other foreign beer that I had that... I want to just mention, and this is a. Uh, I got to taste this beer fr- from my friend Sean's house. He had a friend that went to Germany, and he brought back a German beer, and it's from the the brewery called Basinger. Have you have you heard of that one, John Basinger? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, it's a it's a Helles Lager, and the name of it is to. Tufeli? How do you say? How do you say that, John? T e u f e l e. Tufel or Tufel? I, I don't know. Yeah, it is probably the best Hellas Lager I've ever had in my life. It was like heaven in my mouth. It was incredible. I I was blown away. I never thought that a beer could taste that good. Heck, I need to go go to Germany and find it and drink. A ton of it because it was it was really really good. Uh, so, John, if you ever find yourself in Germany, uh, look up the brewery. Go 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 see if you can taste this uh, this Hellas Lager. I I think you'll really enjoy it. I know I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think I gave it probably a, a pretty high rating, like five. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Hellas. So uh, anytime I can get my hands on it. Oh, uh, it, it was it yeah it was like I, I can't even explain it it was so incredible uh so light yet so much flavor in that light and it was a fairly light alcohol beer too i mean i'm thinking it was only you know like uh i don't know it was, it was like a sessionable hellas lager too but it had so much flavor in there and it was almost crystal clear you could see through it almost and I thought when I poured, I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, going to be no flavor in this at all. And then when I tasted it, it was like full of flavor. So it's 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 like a it's it's like magic. It's like a magic show. So. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I'll check it out if I ever come across it. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to throw this. So so my noteworthy beers are all international offerings. Um, I did have some other 
Belgian beers. I had uh, Orval, and I had their I had their uh, their pale, their Belgian pale ale. I guess it is. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I, I enjoyed that. And I also had uh, Chimay, the red label, and I've had that before, and it was good. But it I, I honestly I prefer the the Rochefort better than than the Chimay, uh, in my opinion. That, that's my that's my new noteworthy for the last couple of weeks. Very nice. I enjoy the trip around the world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we'll see what I I pick up for the next show. All right. Well, we did have a listener question brought to us, and again, it's from our buddy Robert at TPS Sponge, and he has a question about malt liquor. He says, "Malt liquor is it craft? What is it? And when's the last time you had it?" And, uh, I, I mean, in general, I mean, everyone pretty much knows when they hear the term malt liquor, they think of the big 40-ounce bottles of Old English 800 or whatever other names that the, those bottles. I can't think of them all. But, um, and it's, you know, usually very strong, uh, dry, uh, boozy, uh, not very palatable beer. In general, it's it's just it's cheap, right? It's it's what the bums drink. Uh, you, you know, the, you, normally when you're walking through the, at least when I was uh, living in, near Seattle, we'd walk under the the uh, the highway, right, going to the back then it was the Kingdom, and we'd have to you know jump over all these bums. And what were they drinking out of their plastic or the paper bag? They're drinking you know malt liquor. But reality is malt liquor isn't necessary. That's just the way that it's been kind of labeled. In America, American malt liquor is that, yeah, it's the cheap, crappy stuff. A lot of times, American brewers will use, to make it cheap, they'll use adjuncts, you know, corn. And uh, they'll use some other sh- uh, sweeteners to try to get that fermentable sugar up high so they can, the yeast will have something to really eat and build up that alcohol without, you know, costing too much. So they're not really, you know, the you know, malted liquor is supposed to be malted barley. But in the case of most American malt liquor, I think there's a lot more... Uh, other stuff in there, corn and rice or whatever, than than there is really malt, uh, and and so it, it, it gets a bad rap. But you know what? You can have malt liquor uh, in a craft form. In fact, malt liquor was was considered anything what above seven percent. I think is what the the rating was. Anything above seven percent was considered a malt liquor. Any any kind of a beer, any beer that's made with malted barley above a certain percent, high gravity. Uh, you know, above seven percent was considered malt liquor. So craft beer, yeah, I've had some uh, malt liquor from craft breweries. In fact, Full Sail has a Brewers Share special bottle that was uh, malt liquor. Uh, yeah, it's okay, but no matter what, I'm not a big fan of malt liquor, whether it's craft or American style. I think it's a little too harsh for my likes. In fact. Um, it just happens that less than a year ago, I had my was my last malt liquor. It was a Steel Reserve 211, 16 ounce pounder can. Um, I only drank it because I was already pretty feeling pretty damn good. And my buddy uh, said, "Here, have this." I popped it open and started drinking it before I realized what it was. I actually drank the whole 16 ounce can, but I swore that I would never drink that stuff again. So. John, what do you think? What, what is your opinion of malt liquor, and when's the last malt liquor beverage you had? 
Oh yeah, it's not my thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the when it, you get real sweet um, like that, uh, leaving a bunch of sugar in there, but cranking up the the alcohol with yeah. nothing really to support it. Yeah, no hops um, to give you balance. <laughs> yeah, and you know I, I'm sure at some point uh, in my coll- collegiate career. Um, I came across this, uh, you know, but I honestly can't think of a time, um, that I, I willingly did it, um, <laughs> but, I, but I'm, you know, it's, it's there to, to get you drunk and, mm-hmm. you know, there were nights in college like that. So I'm sure, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that I came across it, but yeah, I, I can't think of a specific, uh, uh, circumstance where I, okay. where I partook. So, so you never played Edward Forty Hands, where they they duct tape uh, a cold forty ounce in your hand, and you had the you couldn't release it until you drank it all. Uh, there are other things in forty ounce bottles. I'll just say that. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, I, okay, yeah. So, so Robert, neither John nor I are fan of what's considered malt liquor, even in the as far as me, even in the craft realm i don't prefer that i just don't like that and john says the same thing he doesn't like that that uh that unbalanced uh really harsh alcohol due to the you know the malt uh or either the malt or the whatever they use for the sugar is just being too you know too one-sided so uh yeah so we pass um we're not saying it's a bad thing i know that you know when vic joe was on the show he said he started his drinking with the malt liquor because that was what had the most alcohol and he wanted to be able to get the quickest buzz. That was his focus. And Hey, if you want to get a buzz, if you can stomach it, Hey, drink them down. Yeah. They'll get you buzz real quick. <laughs> they'll also give you a little stomach ache, I think. So, all right, now it's time for the brew buzz segment, which is basically a segment we devote to discussing various beer related topics. And this week is kind of a hodgepodge of things. We're going to have, a couple of topics we're going to talk about, just kind of random potpourri stuff in the beer industry, and we have a listen. Uh, well, we have a question that we we released out to our Twitter community and uh, asked for responses. And with a little prodding from myself, I was able to get quite a few listener participation in answering the question, which I think that we'll all enjoy hearing about. Uh, you know what our answers are. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, the first discussion i want to talk a little bit about maybe a positive takeaway concerning uh some of our favorite craft breweries being taken over by big beer like ab InBev. and in in general it's you know that like up in where john's at they elysian has been taken over and down where i'm at tin barrel brewing has been taken over by anheuser bush and everyone has some you know there's usually one side or the other on whether it's a it's okay or not and but you know what I had an experience, and it's more than just this one experience, but there's other uh, aspects of it. But let me just tell you a little story. Uh, A week ago, I went to an outdoor concert at the Idaho Botanical Gardens, and it was uh, a concert that had one of my favorite bands when I was uh, young, the Violent Femmes. Uh, I can't believe they're still touring. Uh, I was shocked. Uh, Yeah, they don't sound quite 
the same as they did back in the 80s when I was listening to them, but uh, still, it was a fun time and a good time. But they were playing along with the Bare Naked Ladies, and we got some free tickets to go see them. In fact, they were VIP tickets, which I didn't even know they were VIP, so we got some pretty good seats right up by the stage. And, uh, you know, we, we went out and uh, got primed up for this event. We went and had uh, went to to a pub and we drank some beers, you know, because I knew that they probably wouldn't have any good offerings of beer there, and I didn't want to you know, have to be stuck drinking Bud Light or whatever. So I went ahead and, and uh, you know, got a little bit, you know, filled up on my, my craft beer enjoyment. We show up, and sure enough, there was no craft beer offering from a craft brewery. No local breweries were supporting this event at this concert at this Idaho Botanical Gardens. It was an Anheuser-Busch-sponsored uh, event. So guess what? You've got all the Anheuser-Busch um, products. Well, guess what? One of the the only almost craft beer they had to offer us was Goose Island, and they had their Goose Island IPA. And of course, what what am I going to choose of the of all the macro type beers? I'm of course I'm going to choose the Goose Island IPA. And I'll tell you what, I was very happy to have a good IPA. While, while listening to music. And um, that's one of the positive takeaways is now when you're going to an event or you're going to a restaurant that typically doesn't get craft beer, local craft beers or some, you know, even national craft beers uh, to, to be on tap because they have a, a sole uh, distributorship agreement with Anheuser-Busch, that now that Anheuser-Busch does have some of these smaller breweries that now you're going to be able to get some of these tasty beers when you wouldn't be able to get them before. So that's why I just want to, you know, I want to say, Hey, there is a little bit of a, a uptake on this, uh, on this thing. What do you think, John? Do you think this is, uh, is it, is it still, uh, too, too negative for you with the, uh, the big beer taking over the small craft brewery, or can you see that there, this would be a positive? Um, you know, I, still uh have my my foot uh in the sand where uh or my line in the sand i don't mm-hmm. know my foot in the sand that's weird but anyway uh we're as long as i still enjoy drinking the beer yeah i'll continue to buy it yeah and if, as long as they keep making the beer the way i want to drink it they'll they'll still uh get my money okay um and i actually had the exact same experience as you mm-hmm. um not at the idaho botanical gardens but uh <laughs> I was going to a, a Seattle Sounders game at a CenturyLink Field um, here in Seattle, mm-hmm. and you know the, the Mariners are really well known for having just a great uh, craft beer offering yeah, yeah. Um, over at Safeco Field. And this was my first time to uh, CenturyLink, and where my friend's seats were, uh, you know, below our section was like Budweiser beer garden, like mm-hmm. mini beer garden thing. And I was like, great. I'm either going to have to go spend 15, 20 minutes walking around to find a beer or just settle for something here. And I, I walked in, and they had Goose Island IPA. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's yeah. get back to the game. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, you know, um, it, there is positive. I'm, as long as you enjoy the beer, you know, people still will take negatives because people like to complain and yeah. um, and whatnot. But, uh, hey, I'm... I've always been in this to uh, enjoy the beer I'm drinking. Yeah. And if they make a beer I enjoy, then I'm going to drink it. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I I agree. I agree. The other the other thing that's funny is the price was the same, which I I appreciated. The price was high anyway. But a lot of times, if you do have craft beer, they they tend to to put a premium price on that craft beer at that venue. Here, you paid the same price for their Bud Light. The Goose Island was the same seven dollar price tag as the other stuff, and I thought, wow, that's a great that's a great deal, because these other people are buying paying seven bucks and getting crap beer. I'm paying seven bucks and getting a better beer and like twice the alcohol content. So I had to drink less to feel you know as good as they were, and and so I, that was that was another positive thing. I mean, I didn't I wasn't paying seven bucks and drinking a Bud Light, which which I appreciate. All right, so that's just one little little discussion I want to do. There's another one that uh, last week, well, the week before last, was Oregon Brewers Festival. What was it, like their 28th or 20, 20-something uh, annual Brewers Festival in Oregon? And, again, this kind of goes into the, the big beer buying the small craft brewery. Uh, neither Elysian nor Ten Barrel were – wait, was Elysian – Oh wait a minute! Now I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think neither Elysian or Timberell were invited. Now Timberell is an Oregon brewery. They started out in Oregon in Bend, Oregon. Uh, they were invited all the previous years, but once they got bought by AB InBev, they no longer considered a craft brewery, and so the Oregon Brewers Festival decided that they weren't going to invite them to the Oregon Beer Festival this year. So Timberell. Being Ten Barrel said, hey, we're not going to let them get us down. We're going to go and we're going to have our own party. We're going to have our band party. We've been banned from the Oregon Brewers Co- uh, Festival. So we're going to stay right outside the, the festival. And we're going to invite people to come and drink beer at our venue and just have a party. I thought that was kind of cool. But, there were, man, there was so much hate out there for, you know, for people saying, you know, that, hey, you weren't invited. Don't, you know, don't. Don't uh, you know? Get all up in arms because uh, you know you guys made your major choice. You decided to sell out, and you're not invited anymore. Well, it seems odd because uh, you know Whitmer Brothers, uh, they're also sold out, right? Years ago they sold out to to for distributorship to AB InBev, and yet they are still invited. And the only reason they're invited is because they're exempt from being banned because they're one of the first three founding breweries to come up with the Oregon Brewers Festival. So they're, they have special treatment, which I thought, well, you know what? Hey, you know, how come Timberell can't have special treatment? You know, they, they were originally an Oregon brewery. Why, you know, why kick them out? Uh, and, you know, so I thought that was kind of crappy and full sale is possibly also on the, they were invited this year because they're, buyout with that uh, San Francisco-based investment group uh, came after they were already invited. So they got to go this year, but they're thinking about not allowing full-cell brewing to be able to participate next year. I thought, well, that kind of sucks. You know, they invite all these international beer people over to, you know, to do their thing and, and, uh, you know, all the the big breweries from around the, the nation uh, that are still craft, considered craft, but heck, even your own homegrown breweries, you know, may not be invited. I thought that was kind of crappy. What is your take on that, John? You think it's fair? 
Uh, yeah, so I had missed this uh, happening. Um, th- so I'm learning about it now. Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, this is really uncharted territory for all of the you know craft brewing world, which has always been this brotherhood against yeah, yeah. you know the big guys and um, you know I, I've been curious how uh, the uh, Great Pumpkin Beer Festival is going to go uh, for Elysian um, in October. You know how are these? How are the other breweries going to respond to them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know they host, they bring in all these uh, pumpkin beers from breweries all over the country, and you know are, are people going to be as excited to participate? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to want to support Elysian uh, in their in their event um, now that they've been uh, bought by AB InBev? Yeah, and you know I I'd like to think that you know the the beer and the, and the community can, can trump, um, you know, the, the politics of it all and, and whatnot. But, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see moving forward, you know, if people are going to, you know, put on their, their big boy pants or or just (laughs) wine. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's disappointing to see, um, you know, and I haven't been to the Oregon Brewers Festival, you know, previously I heard it's a great event. Um, I don't know if they position it as a craft brewers festival or if just traditionally that's who's attended. So, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, dis- disappointing, uh, yeah. for sure. Especially, I mean, 10 from what I know of 10 barrel and what they give back to the community. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a shame that they should be uh, left out in the cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for something like this. No. Yeah. That's, that's my feeling too. I just think, you know what they still make craft beer yeah they're owned they they now have recently been you know bought out by a big beer company i know that they don't meet the the criteria for being in the 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 you know the craft beer association because you know they're owned more than 25% by big big beer but my gosh, nobody can tell me they don't still make quality craft beer. That's the whole that's the whole underlying thing. They're in Oregon, they're a company that's still employing people from Oregon and they make beer in Oregon. So invite them to your, you know, into your uh your your Oregon Brewers Festival. It's not Oregon Craft Brewers Festival, it's Oregon Brewers. They're an Oregon brewery. You know, they're still in Oregon. They should be Invited. I thought it was just kind of petty, and then I really got frustrated hearing all the. I mean, there was some some really vocal people that were just bashing Tin Barrel, and and you know they're they're still so angry that they sold the the brewery to AB InVev, and um, it's just I I don't know. I I think it's kind of petty. I I agree. Drink local. I love drinking local, but you know what? I also enjoy drinking beers I can't get local too. I enjoy you know beers i get from across the united states all right well, that's enough of that i don't want to get down let's go to something more positive and uh this is a question that i put out to our listeners on twitter and i actually uh listened to it a few times over you know over the last few days and trying to get people to respond to it and we had we had one one person that responded without me kind of uh you know prodding to get more response so i really appreciate that but the question we're asking is hey how do you rate your beers? Do you rate it according to the style that they that 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 beer is part of? So, for example, you rate all your IPAs 
according to the IPA styles. You know, you, you keep all of them in one styles and you rate them from anywhere from one star to five stars or however you want to rate them. Is that how you do it? Or do you drink a beer and you rate the enjoy how much you enjoyed that beer by, you know, considering it across all the beers you've drank, all the styles, all, you know, is that how you compare beers? I was curious because it's amazing that I run across so many different, uh, you know, people that, that rate things differently. Some rate, for example, one of my friends loves IPAs and he rates all beers compared to how enjoyable he likes IPA. So if they don't meet up to how an IPA tastes to him, then it gets a low score, which is, you know, to me is kind of sad because each style has its ups and its downs. It has its pros and cons. There's, you know, and everyone enjoys different things in their beer. So you really should be fair. And, and, and at least in my opinion, uh, I like to, to go with the route where I can, I, I rate my beers according to the style I, I, you know, so my IPAs are rating as IPAs. My stouts are stouts. My lagers are lagers. Uh, and I can even do sub, you know, sections. But for the most part, I stay just general styles. And that's the way I like to rate beer because I don't want to, uh, you know, to, to, to rate every Pilsner against my favorite stouts, right? Because the Pilsner is going to get a one every time because I just love stouts so much and I don't like Pilsners as much. So, um, to give Pilsners a fair shake, I rate them against my other experiences with other Pilsners, and whatever I, I rate, rate them, that's uh, you know it could be I could have a five like I have this Lucky Peak Pilsner that's a five cap beer, but it's a five cap rating according to my Pilsner likes. Is it does it top what my favorite Russian Imperial Stout is? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't top that. It's not. It's not in the equal terms. But for the style. Characteristics, it, it's a it's a it's a top performer in my pilsner. So, John, how do you how do you rate beers? Do you rate them by style or overall? Overall, ah, uh, so, so, <laughs> so I rate overall with, uh, and I, I generally will do a slight tweak. Um, you know, if I find it's just exemplary for the style, it might bump it up, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, I, I do enough of the harsh. Um, style ratings when i judge competitions so you know i and when i'm you know off the clock so to speak for that um you know it's all for my enjoyment and it's you know do i want to do i want another or do i do i want to come back to this is this something that i definitely need to seek out um you know is it just okay you know i that's that's the info i i want for myself Mm -hmm. you know um and uh you know but, but personally i don't I don't have a lot of styles that I absolutely hate. So the, you know, every so-and-so style would get a one for me. Uh, it doesn't really come into play. Um, most things uh, have a floor of about a three. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. it, it's got to be really bad for me to throw it below that. So okay. um, at least on the, the uh, five cap on tap scale. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So now I know for sure yeah, anything you rate below a three, I don't want to touch. <laughs> That's pretty solid. Uh, scale. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, good. So, um, so yeah, you know what? We had 
uh, I don't know, like 15 responses. And uh, John and I are proud to read these responses and discuss them a little bit because everyone that responded, they had their own take. Yeah, a lot of them were kind of in the same genre as like what, or or the same uh, side like John and I, you know, one, you know, they lean one way or the other, but everyone had their own little special tweak that they wanted to, to put into their rating scale. So I'm going to start with the first person who responded to the question without me prodding him. This is, this is great. This is from our buddy Tim Price, and John just gave him high praises last show at the end of the show because Tim, Tim is one of, our, uh, one of our fledgling craft beer in, enthusiasts. He's, he's new to his craft beer journey, and he knew what he liked before, and he's, you know, he liked the darker stuff. And he was having trouble getting into the IPAs, and we, you know, he he finally is starting to to branch out and enjoy some of those hoppier beers. And you know, John gave him praise. I agree. I I'm really proud of him for for you know going through his his journey. And uh, so he says, and again, this is from uh, Tim Price on Twitter. T- Tim Price seventy five. He says, at this point in my beer journey, it's a matter of will I drink it again. So. There's so many styles, and my palate is still adapting. And I think that, especially for someone new to craft beer, I think that's a great way to look at the rating. Determine what you'll drink again. Determine, hey, did I like that or not? Do I want to drink that beer again or not? Maybe not. Hopefully, he's not going to, you know, try a, you know, a, a red lot or a red uh, ale that uh, has a certain flavor profile and say, oh, you know what? I don't like red ales. I'm hoping that he realizes, okay, I don't like that red ale, and but he'll try another red ale later. And I think that is the way to go. So Matt Helmer uh, at Devious Mr. Matt, he's some guy from uh, Cincinnati. That we, <laughs> we heard of uh, he says, I rate according to styles. I have my favorite IPAs and my favorite porters that I rate. I rate my IPAs on hoppiness too. So he's kind of in the the Denny camp, you yeah. know. Styles uh, get their own their own ratings, and he even has a special rating scale for his IPAs. So, <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's I do a lot of that too, right? I know that, and and my rating has changed over the years. When I first started drinking IPAs, it was the more bitter it could be, the better I liked it, right? That's the, in the early days of IPAs. That's the way that I appreciate IPAs. The IPAs that didn't have that punch-in-my-face bitterness, I, I said, ah, it's not so good. Um, but, but I've adapted that. You know, I've adapted over the, over the time, and I realized that, you know what? IPAs, there's a lot of different characteristics in IPA nowadays, especially you know, the aroma, the smoothness, the, the flavors you get out of it, the, you know, the different hops. And uh, now I can appreciate a lot more attributes but it's good that when you, you have a style, pick something out that you appreciate. Matt likes hoppiness, so he's going to rate that IPA based on the hoppiness, too. It'll give a higher score if it has a, a little bit you know, more hoppiness, bitter finish. Maybe on his porters, like for me, porters and stouts, I have a certain way that I enjoy that style. I like my lots porter. Lots of roast. I like lots of roast. <laughs> and, and that's my personal preference. And so when I rate... A beer with with dark that's supposed to have dark roasted malt. I want to have that roastiness, and if it doesn't, I rate it lower. And that's my own personal preference. But you know what? 
John, you may like it with less roast. You just like to have the dark color and a little bit of roast in there. That's okay. You're, of course, you're going to rate yours differently. But as I as I interact with our listeners and my different friends on Untapped and on Twitter, I find that I can get an idea of how they rate their beers based on a beer that they enjoy a lot. That and if I've had that beer, if you know, I can I can kind of remember. Oh, you know what? That one was a little bit less on the multi side, so they like their beers more in this more smooth realm versus the the more you know uh, heavier roasted malt. So I can then take their ratings at, and and kind of make it so that it kind of works into my rating scale, so I can know what to expect when I drink that beer if if I haven't had the specific one that they that they're uh, talking about. And if I if I do have questions, I always I love the comment section on Untapped because I can just ask them a question. Hey, is it, you know, this this or that? And most people will respond back. There's some people that don't. And that's their own thing. I don't think they know how to use Untapped because, uh, I mean, they just like to, to log their beers. They don't want to interact in a social way, which uh, that's their own thing. No, no big deal. All right. So our buddy Robert at TPS Sponge, he says, when it comes to rating beer styles, I don't rate them against each other such as Stout versus IPA. I rate them against their own style. I mainly rate the style against the experience I've enjoyed in the past of that type of beer. Taste, aroma, and look are part of my rating, but the feelings it gives me and the surroundings all affect how I feel and enjoy that style. And he gives an example. He says, for instance, Firestone Walker 18th Anniversary Ale is rated at the top ale of them all. And that's with taste, aroma, and especially enjoying it with you guys, meaning you and I, John. That memory will forever be part of that L beer. And that's another thing, is that he brings up a fantastic point. Sometimes you'll try a beer, and it will be in the situation that you're in, whether you're with a bunch of guys at a bachelor party or at a ball game or podcasting, with, with two podcasters that you really enjoy interacting with, those special situations can modify what your take on a beer is and can give you good memories. And, you know, that, that's also a great way of, you know, of, of rating a beer, which, which uh, I appreciate. Yeah, it definitely comes into play, you know, and doesn't ever show up on any uh, scoring site yeah. or anything like that. And, yeah. you know, the, the Citrus mis- Mistress that I uh, mentioned earlier – I had that beer after finishing uh, rebuilding a section of fence on my property. So <laughs> that one was better uh, than, than, you know, it, it might have um, just because it was, you know, celebrating, you know, job, job well done. So, you know, that stuff definitely comes into play. Yeah. Um, so uh, Aaron at uh, Indio Techno says, just what I dig. Uh, some IPAs are way too happy for me. He says, I found Lagunitas and I'll stick with them. <laughs> Uh, so you know he he rates what he likes, but uh, you know he, he still gives you some love, Danny, with the the Lagunitas. Oh yeah, so. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I'll tell you what. When Aaron uh, found Lagunitas and found one that he really really enjoyed, that just warmed my heart because uh, you know he really was not a beer fan. He didn't like beer. He didn't like the taste of it. He didn't find any beers really that he liked. He liked some amber beers, but for the most part. He just didn't like the taste of beer. He stuck with it, and he found one that he enjoys. And now he's he's a fan of Lagunitas, and I see him posting 
uh, you know, his beers for Lagunillas all the time. And it just every time I see a post, it, I just get a big smile. It makes me happy. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a great that's a great way. Just find what you like, and then stick with it, and then you know eventually go out and investigate. He also mentioned uh, I didn't put it in the, in our notes here, but he he said he also tried the Boulevard uh, uh, Tank Number Seven Farmhouse Ale. He said, "Yep, that wasn't really his his style of taste." Again, that beer compared to Lagunitas sucks. Uh, those are two completely opposite beers. So I can see why he, he may not like that beer if he was expecting it to taste similar to, to what he was getting out of that Lagunilla sucks. Slightly different. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> All right. We also have our friend Brian Miller at I Am Brian Miller. He says, I rate according to style and compare and contrast to others I've had within that style. I enjoy most styles and can enjoy... And can enjoy and he, he used an abbreviation, AAL. If I'm wrong, I think it's like an American Amber Lager, maybe. What do you think AAL stands for, John? Um, maybe American Adjunct Lager. Adjunct Lager. There you go. Very good. But realize it's a 1.5 to 2 out of 5 overall. When I drink my favorite style, which is stouts, I rate based on how it compares to an outstanding stout like, and he's got a little plug here, Founders Russian Imperial Stout, which I have to agree that is a fantastic stout. Uh, and his ratings are based solely on how I enjoy the brew, the flavors I prefer, and whether I would buy it again. Uh, yeah, those are, those are fantastic points. Um, hey, did you enjoy it? Will you buy it again? And that's kind of how John and I, we do our you know, recommendations, right? Our ratings here on Tap to Craft is, hey, is this a beer you're going to recommend with your friends? Is it a beer you're going to keep in your fridge and have all time? Or is it a beer that, yeah, I tried it and I don't want it anymore? You know, that's how we kind of come about with our rating system here on the show is that, hey, we're trying to recommend something for our listeners to enjoy. Is it something that we wouldn't, that we, you know, that highly appreciate or is it something that's just like, yeah, it's, it's okay. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, Renovatio at Renovatio underscore 42 says, My beers are rated by aroma, initial taste, body, finish, balance, then overall comparison to that style. So another uh, person in the style camp uh, and yeah. really breaking it down. So yeah. like do that. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Another great uh, thing. I mean, you don't know. You know, it's a trend here, John. That I think I have more of a, more of our listeners on my side of the of the camp than yours. You're you're kind of outnumbered. It's all right. There's time to change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's no winners or losers. We're all. It's ever. However, you decide that you can enjoy. That's what matters, right? I, there's. I just like to understand how people rate their beers, and that's been a a question I've been wanting to ask for a long time, and I'm glad to get all this feedback. Um, also, we have uh, Erica. She's a, a local gal here in a Boise area that uh, you know that inter- we interact on Twitter and Untapped uh, at EA Doyle. And she says, "I try to do the same style. I'll never like an IPA more than a sour, so I'll rate IPAs against other IPAs for fairness." And again, that's a good point. You don't want to have the bias. Uh, you know, if if you're biased to one thing, you may you know, inadvertently just rate something lower because it's just not a sour. And I like sours, right? So uh, good point. So Victor Johnson, good 
Good friend and former guest uh, at FitJoe USMC 86. Uh, a couple different things. ABV and hoppiness. Because I love a good finish. <laughs> so I think I think Vic rates everything as an IPA. Yeah. I think he, yeah. he's, a, he's a big IPA guy. He loves them. And, yep. uh, you know, that's where his wheelhouse is. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I love it that Vic Joe, he's... You know, he he got into beer originally, not craft beer, but just beer in general, because he wanted to get that buzz, right? It was all about high ABV, so he was always going for the malt liquor, whatever had the highest alcohol content he was going for. Even now that he's he's transitioned into craft beer, just like he says, his focus is on high alcohol, high ABV, and on what he enjoys, like John said, IPAs. And and it just happens that IPAs are typically a higher alcohol beer, so no wonder he really enjoys IPAs. So, all right, we have uh, our buddy Nathan uh, at Sith Nightmare, uh, also of uh, that's entertaining podcast. Go check him out; it's a great podcast on uh, movies and and entertainment. I really enjoy that one. Uh, he says, "I don't think you can compare a wheat to a stout." unless you can compare an apple and an orange. So I'd compare them to others in the same styling. But I'd compare my favorites of each style to come up with a top list. And that's a that's a good point, too, is that, um, yeah, we, we can have our favorites in a style, but there's also got to be a top ten, right? Do, I mean, we, we all have our top beers that we enjoy, and those might not be the same style. Uh, so that's a good point, that, that yeah, you'll have a – your, your top beers that you rate in a certain styles and then your top overall. And, of course, we had a little bit more back and forth I added here in the thing. I said, I said come, when you first, it was kind of a separated post, so I got the first half. And when I got the first half, I said, come on, a fruit is a fruit, right? Some think a beer is a beer. And he writes back, ha, some beer companies would like you to believe that. That's like saying scotch and bourbons are just whiskey. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was kind of that was a cool little thing. You're right. Uh uh scotch and uh and bourbons aren't just whiskeys. Yeah, so uh good good point. So uh Jason Lacey from the Flex to Pose podcast. Yes. Uh, definitely check those guys out. Uh, at JW Lacey. He says, I rate on a style-specific basis, usually based on specific taste and appearance characteristics. I definitely don't go as in depth for a battle of beer during my personal grading. Mm, yeah, so uh, they haven't done one for two two months, uh, but they do a, a video podcast on YouTube, the Battle of the Beers, and uh, it's it's cool because he and his co-host Lucas they sit down and they each bring a beer of a certain style to the table, and nobody knows what it is until they get there, and then they open it up on the camera and they t- they do their tasting notes. Uh, on on camera and as i know and john knows uh and you know maybe it's easier for john but for me being on the spot trying to come up with your you know tasting what you're taking you're you're under pressure and that could be very daunting so i understand hey yeah don't i understand you can't go into too much detail because you just need to make the show entertaining you don't have too much dead space trying to think of the the terms you're trying to come up with uh, for that, but hey, yeah, check out the Flexipose podcast and the Battle for Beer, Battle of the Beers, uh, pretty good uh, segment there. 
Our buddy Ben Harris at Shawnier, he says, I rate to the style. Usually don't rate styles I don't like. Not fair to rate something low if it doesn't suit my palate. Hey, um, yeah, that's a good point, too. Uh, you know, if, if you don't like a style, you want to try it. Yeah. You don't have to rate it. You know, you don't want you to, to, to ding, especially on untapped, right? That rating goes into a big pool. Now, yeah, if there's 56,000 ratings, yeah, your one rating is not going to affect it that much, but, uh, you still don't want to, to taint the, uh, the pool. If you just don't like the style, even though the beer might be a fantastic beer for people that enjoy that style, you don't want to just give it a, a bad rating. So yeah, I appreciate not, not rating it at all. And there's, there's times I'll do that too. If I have a, if I either think I had a bad beer, uh, you know, like a bad bottle or a bad pour, uh, I won't rate it. Or if it's a, a style that I don't really like and, and, you know, maybe this is something that someone would like. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave a rating off myself. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to taint the, the, the ratings just because I uh, have a different preference. Ah, poppycock. They need to know. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, friend of the show, David at YoJimbo2000 says, I rate by style. I try not to base my rating on my favorite style, uh, Heffa's. Uh, each style has its pluses and minuses. His favorite is Carl Strauss Wind and Sea Wheat. Wow. So, Carl you, Strauss, great brewery. Yeah, I, um, I saw you. Shame had. they don't get out of California. So Didn't you just, you didn't have a Carl Strauss uh, this last week? Uh, yeah, but it was one I brought home from San Diego. Oh. It was a it was a conference uh, beer okay. that they brewed. So okay, okay, because I thought I was, I saw you uh, you had one, and I'm like, wow, that's unique. I thought they were only in Southern California. You got that? Yeah, they're only in California. You were right. I cheated. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. And Lucas, he's the other half of the Flexipose podcast at Heavy Metal Riff underscore Riff. He says, for me, it's always been per style. That way, depending on what style I'm feeling, I have a decent measure f- for each new beer. Yeah, good point. Yep, and uh, last but not least, Jay at Maniac17 says, I rate my beers by how much I enjoy them and how they make me feel after drinking. <laughs> As I have many beers. Yeah, so, yeah. We, we end up, I know, the guy that does it the right way. So, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, he has a good point. He has a good point, too, in the fact that Sometimes certain beers, whether it's the ingredients or something in it, they make you feel not good. I know, you know that, that we know SpongeBobby's has trouble with wheat beers. Uh, you know, there's could be. I have a, a friend who who can't have any cinnamon. She's highly allergic to cinnamon, so any kind of spices in a beer that might have cinnamon, she's really weary of because if it does have cinnamon, she could in, you know her throat could swell up and she could puff up like a like a marshmallow. So. Um, so yeah, beer, the, the ingredients in some of these beers can affect people and you, you need to make sure you drink the beers that are better for your health, right? That aren't going to give you, make you feel bad, get your stomach hurt, make you have a headache, you know, whatever it might be, right? Some beers are, are, uh, you know, are better for you than others for your body. So yeah, good point. All right. Well, we just want to thank all of our many listeners that responded with their fantastic answers to our question. It made uh, it made my uh, learning experience uh, better, and I hope it helped everyone else understand the different ways that people can, uh, you know, can rate their beers, and maybe you can use some of their ideas into your beer rating style. So, just uh, want a big big shout out and thank you to everyone who who responded back. So, 
with that being said, we do encourage listener participation. We love to have uh, people, our listeners, participate in the show. And one way we do that is we like to have a listener participation tasting note segment. That's where we go and grab a beer and we share it with our listeners the show before that we do the tasting. And then on the next show, we go ahead and we taste the beer and we allow our listeners to taste along with us because they can go out and purchase the beer. And as they're listening to the show, they can taste right along with us. They can hear how John and I, how we are, um, you know, taking in the characteristics of the beer and explaining what we smell, taste, and see. And they can go ahead and, and, and do the same and compare what, what our tastes are compared to them and maybe get a better idea of how they can uh, you know, better understand beer. So this episode just happens to be one of those episodes where we'll be tasting the Victory Brewing Hop Devil IPA. And this is kind of a, a nice beer style to be doing because on the day that this show is released, August 6th, it's IPA Day. So why not drink an IPA on IPA Day along with us? to celebrate IPA Day. So we are, like I just mentioned, we are tasting the Hop Devil Ale, is what it's called, and it's from Victory Brewing. Oh, and that's a nice, nice open. I already opened mine, John, so uh, that, that was I'm just good. interrupting. No, no problem. Carry no problem. on. Uh, this, Victory Brewing is a brewery out of Downington, Pennsylvania, and uh, they, they have a quite a... I, I really enjoy their beer, so uh, if, if you have... I think Victory is is distributed in, in quite a few states. So I think most of our listeners have an opportunity to try it. So go ahead and, and give it a shot. If you're not if you're not drinking the Hop Devil right now, there's lots of other styles that you may enjoy that they do a pretty good job. In fact, what's the stout they do? The Storm King? Is that the Yes. Yeah, the Storm King is really good. I really, and they have this golden monkey brass monkey? Shoot, now I can't think of it. They have a lot of beers I really enjoy. So this week, though, we're going to be drinking the IPA, American IPA style. And, uh, John, you want to just, uh, it would be nice to explain to our listeners what an American IPA style is like. Are you ready to do that off the cuff? I, I know I didn't prepare you for this, but since you are a, a beer-tasting judge, you should be able to just rip it off right off the top of your head, right? Oh, we get to keep the uh, style guidelines next to us when we judge, but sure, I can do this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, American IPA, uh, it's, you know, really focused on the hops and tends to be pretty aggressive in that manner. Um, the hops are going to be pine, citrus. Uh, those, those are the big characters you get out of uh, your American hops. Uh, currently, there there's also a shift towards some tropical as well, mm-hmm. um, uh, more like pineapple, mango kind of thing going on. Um, the, the malt is going to be pretty clean. Um, not a lot of, uh, sweetness left in there. Um, so more, more dry finish, uh, and, and, a pretty assertive bitterness. Um, I won't say, uh, aggressive that, that can kind of have a connotation that it, it's unpleasant, mm-hmm. but, uh, assertive, you're, yeah. you're going to know it's there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much. American IPA in a in a nutshell. Okay, okay. Boil it down. All right. Well, this this one happens to be six point seven percent alcohol. Is that that's about the standard uh, IPA range, right? What if you were to to be able to label uh, a beer an IPA versus a pale? Is there a, a certain 
uh, range of, of IPA or of, of ABV you want? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think an I- American IPA is uh, around six to seven and a half percent. Okay, is the is the range? Okay, I'm trying to look it up right now as yeah. we go here. Uh, five and a half to seven and a half. Oh wow, wow, that goes pretty low. Okay, all right. Well, if, if you think about it, you know the original IPAs tended to be towards the five and a half to yeah, six percent. That's true. And nowadays they're more like seven or so, so true that's true that's true okay um the the bottle size uh i don't have the ibus the international bittering units i didn't i didn't find yeah. that listed anywhere so i don't have the ibus i i don't think it's too high it doesn't come across to me like it's really super high but it, it, it could be deceiving it could be could be high it's, it's at least 50 i'm guessing uh, i don't know if john has a you know a, a better palate to measure bitterness but i'm gonna guess 50 so Untapped has it as fifty. No way! Way to go! Oh my yeah, god! They do. <laughs> wow! I pulled that out of my butt because I I didn't look on Untapped. I should have looked on Untapped. That that been a good idea. Uh, I was just looking on their website and they didn't have anything listed for IBU. So wow! Okay, um, twelve ounce bottle. That's what you're going to find this most likely. Now maybe they have some bigger bottles over on the East Coast, but if you're going to get this, uh, I think most of the time distributed. West, it's going to be in 12-ounce bottle. I'm assuming that's what you got too, John, right? You got a 12-ounce bottle? Yes. All right. All right, John. So you got your poured into a glass? I do. All right. I, I'm looking at it, and uh, I'm I, I'm seeing a nice, clear, amber coloring. Uh, not too dark, not too light, just kind of a regular, you know, amber, maybe a little bit of copperish, reddish hint in there. What about you? What do you see? Yeah, I'd call mine a little more copper with some orange in it. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, I think it's it's flirting the line, so it's probably more. It's going to be dependent on the lighting. You're yeah, doing, so. I, yeah. That's what I was just saying is that my lighting is a little bit dark in my in my recording studio right now, so that might be. I'm I'm basing it off the the light from my monitor, <laughs> so it might be a little <laughs> bit off. But uh, uh, I get a little bit of. I can see a little bubbles. Uh, coming up, not a lot of bubbles. They're very small, fine bubbles too. But there is a little bit of bubbles in there. You see some bubbles in yours? At all? None at all, huh? Okay. Um, not not coming up from the bottom. I mean, I got a, um, you know, for the the head, I had about, um, not even a finger, maybe yeah, half a finger of head. But <laughs> it it went down. Pretty quick, quick, and now I just have some some lacing on the side of the glass, and then some mixed size bubbles just kind of hanging out on the on the top there. Okay, yeah. I, and since we're talking, you just mentioned the head. I agree. Uh, I had a half finger head, uh, and it dissipates fast, but um, it it's off white, you know. And but you're right. The lacing, even I've had I had one earlier today. I did a a pre tasting so I can just write my own notes without pressure of being recording. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not as good to to do it off the cuff like John is, but um, that that glass I had earlier, it had a it had nice lacing. Even for his little head, the there was a lot of lacing that just stuck on the glass all the way down to the finish. I I appreciated that. All right, so let's take a sniff and see what we see and what we can smell in the uh, the nose of this beer. Yeah, so mine is a uh, very malt forward. Mm-hmm. Um. Which you don't really expect for the style. You get a, um, some sweetness coming through um, up front, maybe a little caramel um, kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I also. Um, oh, keep going. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Take another sip. <laughs> wait, wait, sip. You haven't gotten no, to no. sipping yet. Yeah, I also. Sniff. I agree. I get the maltiness in the nose. And uh, I'm getting. I, I My first initial notes, I said like an herbal aroma too. It might be uh, grassy. I don't know. I'm, I, I might be getting a little bit. Uh, you know, mixed between those two. I, I could have swore earlier I was getting more herbal, but this now I'm sniffing it. Now I I kind of almost get a little grassiness, but again, that's just yeah. my yeah. I kind of I'm I'm flipping between. I, I get an earthiness and then a bit of a pine kind of thing, but it it kind of flips back and forth. Yeah. Um, for each sniff. And and one thing I noticed too is I mine's this one I didn't let warm up. Uh, it's colder than I had the the first one, which is probably going to change the way I'm going to get the odor and the the taste, which is my mistake. But uh, earlier I let mine warm up, and the nose felt like it was a lot more uh, bouquet, right? More coming off of the nose. It felt I felt like I was getting when I was sniffing it. I was getting the hint of wow. There's a lot of hop oils in this beer right a lot of that hoppy um i don't know what the what the uh you know i i, I can't think of the word but you know like there's a lot of hop oils in there right like I, like i'm gonna drink this thing and i'm gonna get just a, a punch in the face of, of hop uh, flavor uh but but i'm not getting that now when it's like i said it's a little bit cooler uh, all right want to take a sip always so I think this again carries a trend of uh, kind of malt first, then the hops. Yeah, uh, yeah. For me, uh, definitely the caramel up front. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's that's more of an East Coast thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a character of, of a, an East Coast IPA. Um, at least traditionally, I think uh, now uh, some a lot of breweries are starting to trend a little more towards uh, a West Coast style with a. Uh, dry and um you know kind of punchy in the face with hops yeah um kind of deal um but definitely getting uh some some of the pine uh, in the back mm-hmm. and um from from the hops so yeah i agree um definitely i i i wrote down on my notes it's definitely front loaded with that caramel malt caramel malt um and you're right it that is a a style trait of, of what I consider what our East Coast brothers do with their IPAs. And uh, sure, which do I prefer? Of course, I prefer what I've had uh, the most, and that's the Northwest type IPA, where it's it doesn't have that that maltiness. But I do have an appreciation for having more of that balanced. IPA with the malt and the the hops, so I I do appreciate the what the East Coast IPAs provide us. Um, I I also get the piney hops, and um, again, I'm not tasting it. The first beer I had, I tasted some sort of a, a herbalness to it. Uh, again, I wasn't sure if it's I I'm labeling it herbal, but it could be earthy. It's some kind of a you know some either. I don't know something. Something else is in there, and I I'm having trouble uh, actually pinning it down. But I, 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 you know, I'm I'm calling it. I'll call it herbal, just to just to pick a a term. 
Yeah, so uh, we I think we have a very similar description of the of the front. How about the body of this of this uh, beer? Um, what what it, for one thing, when you smelled it and first took the first taste, what did you expect the body to be, and then what was the body? Uh, I expect it to be a medium, and that's where it is for me. Mm. Um, yeah, medium body, uh, medium. Car- I mean, carbonation. What I expect for the style. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah I, I don't i don't see any any problems with uh with the mouthfeel for this beer okay yeah so for me um i thought from again basing it off the the more bouquet, bouquet aromas coming off it felt like it was going to be a heavy high hop oiled type of beer with the aroma and then if the the fr- first taste with the malt i just thought oh it's going to be a, a medium of definite hard medium uh, uh, body, but what I get is more light to medium. It's kind, of, you know, it's, it's a little lighter than I expected. I expect it to be a full medium body, and I, I think it's like a me- light medium body, like between that. My my opinion. Carbonation is perfect. Um, it, it's it's just gotten just enough. It doesn't have any sharp flavors from the carbonation is that not making me burp not making you know not feeling like it's too fizzy uh perfect carbonation uh but uh but yeah it definitely surprised me uh with the with the body but the uh but the mouthfeel uh it's okay right it just didn't have i I expected to be more viscous right i expected a more dense viscous mouthfeel and i was just surprised it was more lighter you know it wasn't as heavy in my mouth as i expected so but yeah, but no, it's still it's it's not it's not bad at all. It's it's a, it's definitely uh, an enjoyable mouth mouthfeel. I didn't feel like it was going one way or another. It wasn't making my cheeks pucker from bitter. You know, it was you know it was it had a lot of good characteristics. And the, and the finish. How about your finish at the uh, at the end of this thing? So for me, uh, this is the only place that the the hops are more in the front. Uh, yeah. In the, however that works out you know mm-hmm. uh but anyway i i get uh more of that uh earthy character comes back um from the aroma that i had um for for the finish um but then uh it's not as dry as i would like um it yeah. definitely sticks around yeah um and you know it's not it's not a cloying thing or, or anything like that but um just not quite as refreshing as i um kind of expect now mm-hmm. for the for the style yeah so. yeah yeah i agree i um again uh having having a, a bunch of different kind of flavors i had the piney earthy herbal bitterness and uh then in the finished as it lingers on like you said it kind of lingers on it's not as dry it doesn't it doesn't get you abrupt it kind of lingers on and in that lingering and you know it's almost like a medicinal thing comes up you know it's but i don't know if it's necessarily medicinal or just that a little bit of that malty sweetness coming through that gives me that you know weird uh that weird uh mouth you know into into the the residual uh, flavoring in my mouth um but yeah maybe a bit of that herbal kind of coming to roost and yeah not not the most pleasant way yeah yeah it just kind of sticks around It, it definitely lingers a lot longer than I was expecting. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be cut off a little bit uh, sooner than that. So, um, yeah. But uh, 
I, uh, as far as recommending this beer for people that are new to craft beer, I personally, even now after the second beer that I've, I've almost finished, uh, it, it, it does go down pretty smooth. I mean, pretty quickly. I, I, I don't, I don't have trouble drinking it. It it, it definitely go it drinks well, but I think that a new person to craft beer might get put off by some of the flavors. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to recommend this for for new people. And as a side note, I I first had this beer about three years ago when I was in New York, and when I was in New York, I had a six pack of it. I drank a six pack, and I was like, wow, this is a this is awesome beer. I really enjoyed it. And I rated it pretty high on it. I gave it like five a five cap rating on untapped. But you know what? My experience now, three years later, now I don't know if it's just because I'm in a different spot or what the deal is. Um, I had to lower the rating a bit because I just didn't get that same uh, feeling. Now, whether it's I've been exposed to a lot more IPAs that I've enjoyed more or if it's just something's changed or my palate has changed. What do you think, John? What What do you think about, for one, um, this beer being recommended to new people? And what do you think about me, you know, having a, a change of heart on this beer? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, w- I wouldn't recommend it for a, a new person to craft beer. And, you know, I, I would think in terms of uh, your experience changing with this beer, I think there's a few factors that could go into that. One is the beer you had in New York was probably much uh, fresher than mm-hmm. you had, uh, you know, today, yeah. um, having traveled across the country and, um, who knows what fashion. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think even, uh, you said three years ago was mm-hmm. when it, when it was, yeah. you know, the yardstick for IPAs, especially from a, a West coast perspective, um, you know, which we both, uh, prefer, uh, has, has moved a lot in that time, um, in terms of, you know, what, what's the, the the gold standard you know there's mm-hmm. a reason that stone is rebranding their hoppy beers yeah, right now that's true, that's um, true. And, and reinventing them because the hops are different uh, the you know the in vogue hops uh give a completely different character uh, than than uh years past um and, and you know uh there i'm sure there's some of that your palate is, has uh, adapted to that and so uh you know i'm sure there's a lot that that goes into it um but uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised really um, that uh, you would you rated it the way you did. I saw earlier <laughs> uh, your your check-in on Untapped, but I was more surprised that you had actually rated it a, a full five um, back then. Yeah. Um, so that that doesn't add doesn't add up with uh, my you know my uh, at least perspective of your taste. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, again, it might have just been the fact that uh, when I was drinking it, the, what my mindset was. I was traveling. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't remember exactly what went been, into it. But yeah, part of that experience factor. Yeah, that, that Robert. So yeah, yeah. yeah I just uh, and like you said, it maybe it was fresher, and maybe I had a, a super batch that just really I really enjoy. But yeah, it, it seemed like. I, I had a lot. For one thing, I'll tell you this. One thing I do remember is that the the hop presence in it was a lot more than it was this time. Now the hops seem like it's almost like like second it's a, a second uh, thought in this beer. It's now the, it's more focused on the maltiness than the bitterness, and I it just it was. I think it's missing the bitterness. 
I think they 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 must have uh, done something to reduce the bitterness, and that's all I can think of because I I think I remember it being a lot more bitter when I had it before. Well, and that could go in as well as you know, was your yardstick for bitterness different? True. Then? True. You know, yeah. Are you accustomed to more bitterness now? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the the beers we're drinking and and. At the same time, hops are the first thing to go. So if it's been treated yeah. a little rough on the on the way over, and I, I kind of wondered if maybe the beers that made it over here kind of sat a little bit. Um, but my uh, bottle says "Enjoy by August nineteenth, twenty fifteen." So I'm we're oh still my with, gosh. At least mine is still within <laughs> eighteen days or win- seventeen their days. window, you know, <laughs> to enjoy this, and I, I don't know what their system is for stamping it. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what uh, length of time uh, Victory says for their IPAs. Okay. You know, yeah. drink it. Okay. Uh, so, you know, at least from their perspective, we're still, at least I am. I don't know uh, when your beer uh, is, you know, I'm still within their preferred window that I drink this. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think I had a similar date, uh, although I, I was thinking – I saw the date on the bottle, and I, I I saw that it was not close to the expiration. I don't remember if it was in August or uh, I think it was in August. So yeah, it's probably the same date. We probably have the same batch that we're drinking right now. But but yeah, you it's I mean it's getting it's within seventeen days of the drink by date. So that's still I mean it's over two weeks. Uh, it's probably. St- I mean, yeah. If if, if their drink by date is uh, is drink it with before ninety days, then yeah, we're getting towards the end of the the thing. But if it's more closer to maybe forty five days, and then then, uh, then we're only thirty days old, which would be okay. So, all right. Hey, um, glassware. Hey, you can drink this beer in any glass, right? Shaker pint, nonic pint, even your Willie Becker, which you're probably drinking right now, right? Yep. Yeah. You know it. Yeah, so <laughs> hey, don't don't worry, drink it in any just drink it in a glass. Don't drink it from the bottle. I think if you drink it from the bottle, you would get a lot different experience. So uh make sure you pour it into a glass. Let it breathe and you know, let you let, let your nose get all that aroma and help your your flavor tasting sensory stuff work. Uh I think you'll have a better experience. And my rating is I I'm rating this an average. This is one that I'll drink when I feel like drinking something that's drinkable. Uh, not something I want to keep in my fridge all the time. But, hey, if I see it on the menu and I'm in the mood for, uh, you know, a decent IPA that's, uh, that's in my opinion, lower on the hop bitterness level, then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and drink it. How about you, John? How do you rate this beer? Uh, also average. Okay. Um, so, yeah, my, my previous check-in on Untapped was a three. Uh, oh, wow. So I think, uh, let's see, that was in 2012. So that was before they even had half caps, I think, uh, available for, for yeah. check-in. Yeah. Um, I'd probably put it up, I, I'd give it maybe a quarter cap boost mm. right now. Um, not a lot. I, my preference is a West Coast, you know, style yeah. thing. I, I'm, I'm not as big a fan of uh, a malt forward when, or with with the hops, there you know yeah. I, I i want the hops to shine so okay um so i'm gonna yeah i'm still preferring my my west coast snobbery with okay my- no problem hey 
I appreciate that too. I I agree. I gave it three and a half re-rating. Um, reality is, I probably should have gave it a three. I think a three is okay. I, but I don't want to be too harsh on it because it's still a good. It's still a decent beer. It's not a bad beer. And, you know, so I it's yeah, it's good. Um, some additional information. I always like to try to see if I can find the hops and malt they use in the beers and. They listed it at the website. They said for malts, they're using what they're calling uh, an imported two-row German malt. So they're importing their two-row uh, from Germany. The hops are using, uh, interesting enough, uh, they're using a whole flower American hops. Of course, they didn't, I don't, I mean, is American hops, is that a style of hop or is it just they're using American hops? They just were being generic. Yeah, just being generic. Yeah, yeah. But, the whole flower, um, that is what I sense in that. Remember I was talking about getting that nose where I was really smelling that that oils and stuff. And I, that's what I typically get when I have beers that use the whole flower hop versus hop pellets and whatever else, right? I like, I like that, uh, that type of, of use of hop of using the whole flower. So, hey, they're using some whole flower American hops. All right, John. Hey, we're running a little long like usual. We're going to skip the news section. Sorry, Yojimbo. We uh, we love your news, but we just can't seem to to not talk, uh, you know, a lot shorter to be able to get the news in. So, um let's go right into uh to some uh you know, a little bit of uh raising our glasses to our friends and uh John, you have anyone you want to raise your glass to do a little cheers? Absolutely. I'm going to raise my glass to uh, my buddy Wes, a uh, friend of the show, and, and uh, me personally, uh, who, uh, between our, our last shows, got engaged. So mm. uh, congratulations and uh, best of luck with uh, the upcoming planning and everything else and wow. becoming a, a married man. So uh, cheers to you, buddy. I'll toast to that. That's awesome. So uh this i i just assumed he was already married i didn't realize that he wasn't already hitched up so good for him is is it someone that he's been with for a while or someone he met in seattle uh no not not in seattle um yeah they've been together for a bit okay okay well good well congratulations and that means you'll probably be making a trip out to the east coast to go to the wedding sometime soon yep uh, next summer. <laughs> <laughs> next summer, huh? Wow. Yeah, maybe I need to. I haven't even met Wes, but I feel like I need to go to his wedding just so I can go drink with him. I'll so. probably have a plus one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do that. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just want to thank all the great listeners out there that uh, provided their input to our question that I asked. I really appreciate you guys getting back to us. And I just want to raise my glass to you. You guys uh, deserve a big old cheers. So thank you. Uh, I also. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to make sure I thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. Uh, and hey, you know what? We have a lot of great podcasts on the Open Forum Network. Go out there and check them out and give them a listen. I think you'll really enjoy what you hear. Um, also, of course, you know I, I mentioned this every every show that I'm a former military man. 
I just need to raise my glass, and uh, I just want to thank all the servicemen and women out there who are out there protecting our freedoms, allowing John and I and all of you guys out there to, to of course, drink craft beer and to for us to be able to talk about it, you know, have our freedom of speech without all of our freedoms, we wouldn't be able to be sitting here doing this right now. So I just want to raise my glass to them, I, and I hope they're able to return home safely to their families real soon. And uh, I want to do another uh, little mention that uh, our buddy Robert, TPS Sponge, on Twitter, uh, he is going to throw, be throwing another uh, beer fest, uh, video game beer festing. So join in on the fun of the PS4 Four versus four Rocket League Beer Fest Mania on Friday, August seventh. That's the day after this releases. So please, uh, you know, you only have one day. If you're not listening to our, paying attention to our Twitter feeds, uh, if you hear this for the first time, get a hold of one of us right away so you can get in on the fun of playing Rocket League on the PS4. Uh, it's going to be Friday, August seventh at seven p.m. Pacific, um, with of course Robert and the Tap the Craft community, all the guys that want to listen. So. Uh, I'm going to try to be there myself. I think I'm free Friday. John, do you think you might be able to make it, or are you going to be busy on Friday for that Rocket League? Uh, I'm also in the I think I'm free category. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I'm only, I only say that because I don't, you know, I have a calendar I share with my wife. The problem is she never updates it, so I never know what she has planned. So um, no problem. We'll, uh... Yeah, I, I also have a calendar, and it's currently <laughs> traveling, so I need to wait for it to get back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, so you see how John and I roll. We just uh, we, we can't commit to anything. But uh, I'm planning on being there. I really enjoyed uh, our time the last time with the Minecraft with, with Robert. He's fun to hang out with. And if you haven't played Rocket League, oh, my gosh, that is addicting. And it's very fun. And uh, I easily can get wrapped up for hours just sitting there trying to bat a ball around and score goals. It's it's pretty. It's pretty fun. So, look. Check out our twitters. You can. You can check the Taps of Craft Twitter. I'll be retweeting Robert's stuff that he tweets out, and you can also just follow Robert at TPS Sponge on Twitter, and uh, just look for the tweets about the the beer fest video game beer fest uh, fun and uh, uh, send a friend request either uh, him or I. Uh, you can find me on the PS. PSN network. I'm at loose screw. It's the same as my uh, regular Twitter thing. So it's easy to find. Just send a, a friend request. I'll add you and uh, you can join the fun. We appreciate, we don't, we don't really ask for uh, monetary support from anyone. We do this podcast just because we love to talk about craft beer, but you know, uh, you can really help out the show. If you enjoy what you hear, uh, just go to iTunes and and write a little quick review. Give us a little rating, write a review, let people know what they can expect if they listen to this show. And that will help broaden our community, get more people into into the Tap to Craft uh, uh, listener base. And if you do that, we're running a, a contest. This contest will end on August, we'll say August uh, 30th, because uh, we're going to re- probably record on August 30th. So... Uh, you have until August 30th to leave an iTunes review or a TuneIn review. We're also on TuneIn.com. If you leave a review on either of those uh, platforms, you'll be entered into a contest. Uh, We're giving away two gift bags from Deschutes Brewery. They include a 
a tasting glass, a couple uh, coasters, some stickers, and a nice custom bottle opener. I'm giving away two of them for the first 20 reviewers have a 1 in 10 chance of winning one of these gifts. And if we don't get 20, guess what? Whoever has been writing reviews, you have, you're have you entered into the contest. You have a better chance. I'm going to give it give it away on the show following uh, August 30th. So you have just a couple more, well, you have a whole month, basically, to, uh, to get that review in and enter in for a chance to win uh, a special prize. Uh, I think it's time to uh, bring this cl- show to a close. Uh, just a couple things real quick. If you want to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft. Very simple. We, we keep it simple. Um, you, can leave, you can also leave comments on the show post found at openforumradio.com or you can leave comments on our Google Plus page at tapthecraft. Just search for tapthecraft. It's that easy. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped uh, at Loose Screw, L-U-C-E-S-C-R-E-W, and on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And John, if the listeners want to follow you, how can they do that? So on Twitter at Prime Brewing, untapped at Prime W-A, and I write about uh, homebrewing and beer over at homebrewengineer.com. Excellent. All right. Well, it's last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show, and we hope you were able to find something useful, and we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or on, wait, what's the thing? TuneIn Radio. A bunch of others. I've got the podcast on a bunch of other uh, podcast things, so just search for us everywhere. You should find us, and just subscribe. Get your Get your bi-weekly dose of, uh, of beer education uh, on a regular basis. That'd be good. And like I just mentioned, we release a, a new show every two weeks. But that's it for this episode. And remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Was that your phone, John? Yeah, sorry. I had it on the floor, and then I was using it to look at Untapped, and oh. I just absentmindedly <laughs> set it on the table. So uh, that came through. When no problem. No problem. I was like, <laughs> I was thinking, did I just lose John? Is he calling me back? I was like, what? <laughs> what's going on? No, just my vibrator. Don't worry uh, about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, now I just said I wasn't making burp, but maybe burp. I'm more <laughs> smoke gas. <acid. laughs> And uh, I am freaking tired. <laughs> and I drank way too much today. What? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I need the next, next show. I'm not going to drink so much. Oh, man, John, I am feeling like wasted. You almost made it. So oh, close. my gosh. So close. <laughs> hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. Want to go ahead and take a second say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft, and I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, 
The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and uh, take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. Alright folks, take it easy. Have a good day.